I think if you come in with a mindset of, of everybody has something to teach me and I have something to learn from, from everyone, that mindset allows you to go wherever the person on the other end of, of the conversation in the podcast wants to go. And that's where the magic is. You're listening to Recorded Content, a podcast for small, scrappy B2B marketing teams who want to get the most out of podcasting. In each episode, we capture stories from industry experts and podcasters. Listen in and uncover what it takes to launch, run, and grow a successful B2B podcast. Check out and subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Let's jump in. Hey, I'm Tristan. I'm the co-founder of Motion and your host for this episode of Recorded Content. The show is brought to you by my company, Motion. We are a done-for-you podcast agency for small, scrappy B2B tech marketers. Warren Berger, the author of A More Beautiful Question, states that kids ask an average of 40,000 questions between the ages of two and five. And this natural curiosity sparks a lot of growth in an individual's earlier years. But at some point in time, People grow out of their natural curiosity and focus more on answers, and this prevents further growth from happening. In this episode, I have Harris Fanneroff on the show. Harris is a podcast host and founder of Activate Onboarding, a company using a proven onboarding strategy to ensure everyone who accepts your offer actually shows up on their first day. And during this conversation, we'll learn how you can get your curiosity back by focusing on several key shifts in your mindset. And you'll be able to take these tools to spark more curiosity as a podcast host. All right. Well, Harris, uh, first things first, welcome to Recorded Content today. Thanks so much, Tristan. Super excited to be here. All right. I'm, the, the reason we're here, the reason I, I brought you on was all because uh, of a LinkedIn post that you wrote. So for all those folks that are wondering whether you should post on LinkedIn or not, here we are. It all stems for something that you you threw out there on LinkedIn and, and it caught, uh, you know, it landed in, in my feed and and I interacted with it and, and I thought it was a, a good perspective. And we're going to explore that further today. And, and that post was all about the importance of, of curiosity and, and how really as an adult, some of that curiosity fades away. And, and that's really something that we should try to get back essentially. And, and there was something that that caught my eye in the post. And it, it was a statistic that I hadn't really seen before. Let me read it off here. You mentioned how the number of questions that a four-year-old asks each day can can range from two to 300. And, and we were talking about our kids before we jumped on. And I think I've witnessed two to 300 questions in a single day. But where where did you come across that that statistic? So I have two nieces and they ask so many questions. And so it just got me being curious about like, why are little kids so much more curious than we are as adults? And so I started to do some research and like figure out how many questions do they ask? And so when I came across that 200 to 300 number, I sent it to my brother and he's like, it's way more than 300. He's like, nowhere close to 300. He's like, is a thousand more realistic? So it's actually funny that even that 200 to 300 number, I think was a little short uh, from, from his experience. Yeah, it shocked me. But I mean, in some ways, because my youngest daughter, like I was mentioning uh, earlier, she's six and, and we've kind of gone through that phase where, you know, you're, you're just trying to learn as much as you can and you're, you're just questioning anything and everything. And curiosity really is is at its peak. And and that, that brings me to really the, the question of curiosity. And I know you're, you're a podcast host. Why is curiosity so important to, to being a podcast host, do you think? Curiosity is 
is everything when it comes to not just being a podcast host, but, but really being everything and being willing to be flexible and go with where that person wants to go with. I think if you come in with a mindset of, of everybody has something to teach me and I have something to learn from, from everyone, that mindset allows you to go wherever the person on the other end of, of the conversation in the podcast wants to go. And that's where the magic is. That's where you can like really find what gets somebody excited, what is their passion. And then like inside that passion is where they've done a lot of research. They're an expert in that. And so that's why I love like going down these little uh, rabbit holes of, of wherever that person is, is excited about, wants to talk about, and just being curious and being open to where they want to go is something that I've loved in doing the podcast that I've done. Yeah. And I think, you know, from, from my side of things, why I feel curiosity is so important is, you know, I, I feel like there's a sense where a, a lot of podcast hosts go through like this list of questions and, and it feels like more of an agenda almost. And, and the one thing I, I liked about your, your LinkedIn post where you, you know, it's about shifting your ideas around curiosity and really adjusting some things that you're doing to embrace curiosity more so. And, and I was wondering, like, when, as a podcast host, like, how, how do you tap into that more so? You know, how do you embrace that, like, four-year-old part of yourself that, that maybe has kind of uh, faded away a little bit? So I don't have a, like, specific questions that I go to for that exact reason. I think when I first did my first podcast, I'm like, oh, no, like, where do I begin? I got to have questions. And then I actually found that it was, like, too rigid and I didn't like that approach that I was following. I was like, okay, I got to hit these 10 questions or these 50. I've actually changed it to a ball. I was like, here are the three key points that I want to hit on. But like one point might be 20 minutes and another might be 30 seconds. And the last one might be 20 minutes again. And so like being flexible and open to that and like which one of those aspects are going to be, are going to light up the, the person on the other end the most. And then like, that's the place that I want to spend time in. Cause like, that's where they are excited about. And that's where the whole audience is going to get the most amount of value. And so like, that's actually something that, and I'm a planner, like, don't get me wrong. Like mm -hmm. I'm big into the Myers-Briggs. I'm a, I'm a J, which is like, I plan literally everything, but like, I feel like in podcast hosting, in order to be curious, you have to be able to be flexible and be like, it's okay if my plan doesn't go exactly right. Like the most value to the, to the listener is going to be wherever that person gets the most energy and passion from. And so I have to be comfortable being curious and just going down that rabbit hole because that's where the gems tend to be. Like, when did you realize that curiosity was important at a professional level? I love that question because it's a really, really good question. Because I don't think I was like born into the working world with curiosity. It was from like studying some of the smartest people that I know, some of the quote, most successful people that I know were all incredibly curious and like in curious and curious to a point where like, that's what made them successful. And I kept reading about this and then it's like, okay. And you hear all this advice around, just be curious, be curious. It's like, and I, and I would start to say that. And it's like, I'm just not curious. And like, I give replies. I'd be like, I'm just not curious. And I'd be like, okay, let's actually dive into what makes somebody curious. And that's where I kind of got into this idea around like these different mindsets that I posted on LinkedIn to address that exact problem where I'd be like, you're about to have a, a networking conversation with somebody. Just, just be curious and ask questions and be like, how do I do that? And that's where those 10 ideas kind of stem from. So essentially you were curious about how to be more curious. <laughs> so that's really what I, I want to dive into because what I find myself doing a lot is, is, is you know, I, I say that 
as a host, it helps a lot if you're if you're trying to uncover a story, if you're trying to get the why behind someone's actions or decisions that they make. But it, it's easy to say, and it, and I thought like in your post, you had some really tactical things to that someone can use to to really embrace more curiosity. And I wanted to go through like three or four of those here today because I feel like our audience can relate that back to being a podcast host and, and use some of these things when they're podcasting themselves. And so uh, rather than going through all 10 of those, that the first one that I wanted to tackle was everyone has something to teach me. And, and that's something that it's like a mindset shift there where you have to think about a little differently. But why is that so important, do you think, to, to being more curious? I love that. And it's number one on the uh, on the one there. And I obviously didn't didn't make that up. I've heard that from a million different people. But like, it's just a way that I want to approach life. Like an eight year old has something to teach me. They are an eight year old and they're experiencing life as an eight year old. And so like that is an experience that I think is really valuable and interesting. And so does my 91-year-old grandma, she's experiencing life as a 91. And so there's something in every single conversation that I can learn. And that's like what I like to approach every single person that I that I come to is like they're experiencing life. They're seeing the world in a different way. And so like, let's just figure out what that is because like there's probably something for me to learn and that kind of connects to one later. It's like, I love learning people's stories. And so it's like, what's the story that my... 91 year old grandma is sharing right now. And like, what is she experiencing? It's like, I really want to get curious and be like, this is what's going on in her life. Because to me, that's so valuable. It's like, okay, now I can understand what's going on inside the mindset of a 91 year old or an eight year old or someone who's serving you at, at, at dinner. Like all these different people have something to teach me. And that's the mindset that I love to bring into any different conversation because they are an expert. There, there's many, many things that every single one of those people has that I don't have. They've learned different things. They have different life experiences. And if I can go wanting to learn from them, that's going to benefit me and how I approach that conversation and what I can ultimately learn. So there's a little bit of like a, a selfishness in a way in that like, I want to learn. I want to know what they've experienced that I haven't yet that I can do to make myself happier and learn more as well. Yeah. And I think it, it is the the important piece is, is learning. And, and the one mistake that I, I come across a lot in and I'll be interested to hear your take as a podcast host is, you know, a lot of, a lot of the companies we work with, they feel like they have to bring in the industry influencers, the, the folks that have all this experience and they quote unquote have the right answers. But I feel like a, a lot of times people forget the, the folks that are going through some of these challenges with a beginner's mindset. Let's get that point of view. Let's not interview the same industry leaders that everyone else is pulling on the same podcast and you're hearing the same things over and over. Like, let's talk to someone that is in the earlier stages of, of that customer journey and explore what they're going through. And And it doesn't mean that their perspectives are right or wrong. It, it's just different. And that, it's kind of what you're talking about, where it's like the lens that they're looking through or that they're seeing the world through. And I think there's a lot of things that you can understand from that. But as a podcast host, I mean, why do you feel it's important to to maybe interview folks that, you know, you, you might not think you can learn from, but but you actually can because maybe they're at an earlier stage? Yeah, I don't I, I would agree with that. I don't think that the degree to which somebody is at in their career, like it makes them necessarily have more answers than somebody else. I think that's such an important thing to remember is like you can learn from an entry level employee 
just as much as you can learn from an executive. They're just teaching you different things. Like that entry-level employee has a really good sense of the culture going on and like what the clients are directly saying. That executive might have a better high-level overview, but like both are telling you a really good thing if you're trying to understand what the company culture is. So I think it has to be like, what are you hoping to learn from that person? What perspective do they bring? And being open and curious to wherever they they take you with that conversation because like they are an expert. They spend the majority of their time doing X and then you're going to be able to better learn X from them versus just assuming that the executive has all the knowledge inside the organization. And I think you see a lot of the best organizations is like they, they don't, they're not all answer focused. It's like they're more question focused. So when they come into a meeting, it's not like we're going to do X, Y, and Z. It's like, what do we think we should do about this problem? And like, let's gather feedback, let's gather data, let's gather information from all the different people to make sure that we're making the, the best educated and best uh, best guests. Yeah, and Harris, you mentioned being question-focused versus answered-focused. I mean, that's a good segue because that was one of the, <laughs> the mindset shifts that I, I wanted to talk through. And, and I haven't really seen it put that way before, you know, like with actually tagging it that way as far as uh, deliberately asking more questions versus always seeking the you know the answer or what have you and why do you feel like it's important whether it's being a podcast host or just a a growing professional to be question focused i learned this idea and this concept from i went through leadership coach training and it's so centered and focused around this idea of, of asking questions and it changed my life professionally like i i don't still practice like coaching as much that's not my particular interests, but that coaching mindset radically changed my life. When you're going into a conversation with somebody and somebody's just talking at you, you are super unengaged and uninterested in what they're saying. Like no matter how smart they are, if they're just constantly like talking at you, it's like, yeah, get me out of this conversation. I'm not interested versus the person who's like, Tristan, like, Tell me about yourself. Tell me about your thoughts on employee onboarding. Tell me about your thoughts on the company. It's like, it, it's such a better example of how to have a successful conversation. It's like when I have a typical client conversation, like I, I do a lot of sales and business development. Like I don't want to talk more than 30% of the time. And I, and I realize mm -hmm. I'm doing a, a bad example with this podcast here of, of talking a lot, a little bit of a different situation, but like in a typical business development and client conversation, it's like, I want to just be asking questions and, and listening. There are times when, yeah, I'll talk a little bit about my solution, but for the most part, like I, I want to make sure I'm asking a lot of questions and getting to the root of their problem and having them speak rather than myself just constantly providing answers. So that's my perspective. Now I do have to kind of turn it on to you, Tristan. What a, what's been a big part for you as a podcast host that you've learned from being more kind of question focused versus answer focused? Yeah, I think for me, a lot of it's just been, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. It's been more natural for me. Like I've always loved embracing the fact that I don't really know something and, and I've just enjoyed learning something brand new. Like when I, my undergrad degree was in computer information systems. So I came out, I'm working for IBM and Oracle and all these big tech companies. And I was a programmer. I just always had this thirst for, for being an entrepreneur. Didn't quite know how to do it. But I just asked a lot of people about it, tried to associate myself with other entrepreneurs who were supporting their family with their own business. And it was just something that, that I always 
I guess was more natural to me. And, and that led me to create a, a video agency where I, I really produced a lot of documentary films. And, and that's really just allowed me to, to be even more inquisitive, you know, and, and you're always searching for the story. And it's just something that's always been a part of me. So I think that's just natural for me, where maybe it not, might not be as natural for other people. But I, I actually enjoy being uncomfortable. I enjoy not being the smartest person in the room and just trying to level up myself and, and understand a little bit more about people. So I don't know. That's my my perspective. Well, I, I, I like it. I think there's something like to be said about that. Never being or thinking you are the smartest person in the room. It's like that is a hundred percent what I believe in. And if I am, which like really never happens, it's like I'm in the wrong room. So how can I get yeah. into a different room? And again, that doesn't happen very often, but I think that idea as well of like, I'm never the smartest in the room. So if I'm taking over the oxygen in this room, that that's not beneficial for me. That's not beneficial for other people. And that's like the mindset that I like to use. that helps a lot with my curiosity. It's like, there's way smarter people in here. Let me ask some questions and try to figure out what's going on with them. Yeah, definitely. And, and Harris, you mentioned something a second ago about about the the coaching program that, that you learned, like this question focused approach a, a little differently and, and how it was a a radically different approach to your life or it changed your life. Like what, what was so radical about that? Do you think the before and after picture there? I think based on our schooling, a lot of what our schooling is, is like you have to have the answer and get the answer right on the test. Like at least that's what my education was, was like, uh, I got a finance degree. It was like, all right, make sure that you're getting the right answer on the test. And this was a totally different approach. It's like, there actually is no right answer. And if you try to get the right answer, you do it wrong. So it's just like completely different than what I had ever learned. And like, I was in consulting. So I knew consulting, which was more of the, yeah, there's a right answer. Let's tell the client it's the right answer. Boom, let's move on. Coaching is like, no, let's ask questions. And like, actually, if you go to an answer too quickly, you fail. And so not only is it like getting you there, it's like really pushing you on the other side of like, question, 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 question. When you think you have the answer to help them, ask another question because there's more to unpack in there. And so while it was helpful for me from a coaching perspective and how I coach, like I actually love it from a sales perspective in that like when I think I want to jump in with my solution, it's like, ah, is there another question that I can ask to make sure that what I'm about to say is really hitting home with that? And so totally transformed and changed what my previous education had been in a way that I really liked. Cause like, I actually don't love the idea of like memorizing an answer to a question. And that's the way to go. It's like, no, it's not what I do well. And it's like, I like being flexible, going with them, reading their energy, asking questions about that. Like that's where I get, it's ironically, that's where I get my energy is like from building that relationship, which is what coaching and asking questions allows me to do. Yeah. And I think that's the fascinating thing too, with a lot of, with the interview based approach, because there's not always a right and wrong answer to a lot of things that we do as a, as a professional, like on the marketing side. And I mean, even on the recruiting and the onboarding, the, the HR stuff that you're doing now, I mean, there, there's not like a right and wrong answer a lot of times. And, and what you need to understand from my point of view is, is the context of like, where you are, you know, and, and you have to get to know a person a little better to understand like what they're struggling with. And you probably saw that in sports when you were growing up, you played baseball and, and like the swing is such like a scientific thing. I mean, it's so, I don't know, specific and, and different kids struggle with different parts of their, their swing. And, and there's not always a right and wrong answer how to get them to overcome that. And you have to explore it a, a little bit, I think. 
It's a really good point. I, I put together another just uh, LinkedIn, Twitter thread around like how the best coaches build relationships with their players. And it's all about that idea of like what works for one guy or, or gal might not work for another guy. And you, the best coaches have to be flexible because like if you just try the, hey, I'm going to be hard on that player because that works for them, it's not going to work for the one that you got to show more love to. And the one that you're showing a ton of love to, like that might not work for the person that you got to be hard, like be stern with and difficult. It's like, yeah. you got to understand what's going to help you get the most out of your players. If you're in sports or your employees. And like, that's another angle that like the best companies I see are doing that. They're like figuring out what motivates Harris and what motivates Tristan, what motivates uh, Katie and Sarah. It's like, all that is different. And if I want to get this person to actually stay and be engaged in my company, like that's the thing I need to target. And if I just do a blanket uh, motivator, it's probably not going to work for everybody. And I'm going to wonder why my engagement and my retention numbers might not be as good. So I love how like that aspect definitely translates from like sports into the workplace. And you talked about how you shouldn't label things as not interesting or boring right off the jump. And I, and I feel like something with sports, it is naturally interesting to people. But now as you're transitioning into like the traditional work environment, I feel like a lot of people when they're a podcast host, you know, they're, they're just going through the motion, right? They're, they're checking off boxes because they're not, they already have like this preconceived notion that it, something's not interesting and I just need to get some information. Why should we not label things as boring right off the, right off the jump? The unfortunate truth about what to do in that situation is you have to relate it to something that you care about. And so let's just say, for example, I'm not very interested in finance. I was a, I was a finance major, but I, I just don't find finance very interesting. And so if I was going to go have a conversation with the CFO, like I'm going to learn a ton and I need to go into that conversation like, oh, like not, oh my gosh, this is going to be a conversation around finance. But like this person has experience leading a company from a financial perspective. And then what do I, how can I relate that to something that I really care about? Oh, I'm growing this business and I care about the financials of it. So like the sad part is a lot of us, myself included, like have to find a way to connect something that we might think of as boring or not interesting to something that we do care of. And so that can be in the uh, pre-work that you're doing before the conversation, or it's like, oh, they mentioned one aspect. Maybe it's like their kid plays baseball. And then we just go and I try to, and I build the connection around, oh, baseball or whatever it is. And so like being able to be flexible, like there is something that that person's going to mention that you can find connection to and that you find interesting. It's just about staying present enough, staying focused enough to listen for it and to be there for it rather than just being like, oh, I don't want to talk to this person because X, Y, and Z. So like that ability to be present and go with something that tends to strike a chord for you, I think is a really good way to, to get around something that you might be dreading because it's a quote, boring conversation, boring topic. Yeah. And you, you mentioned like the selfish nature of it. And then I, I want to go back to that a little bit because I feel like Selfish, being selfish has a negative connotation, but, but I feel like in, in the early part of my career, I, I was in, you know, we were launching ERP systems for federal customers. It was some of the most boring stuff <laughs> that you can imagine. You know, it was accounting systems and uh, doing a lot of financial reporting and stuff like that. And that's really not what I had in mind for, for my life. But what I, when I started out, I just said to myself, all right, this is kind of like the, the area I, I've landed in. I need to take away a lot of these experiences and and ultimately that will help me down the road when I do want to you know, open up my own business or, or what have you. 
So I, there was always some selfish nature there, but I, I worked hard, made sure I, I overachieved where I could, and and I absorbed as much as I could for for later on down the line. As a podcast host, do you feel like being a little bit selfish is important? What's your take on that? I love your I love your example because that that does sound super boring, but I could see how you took that <laughs> it was too. I could see how you took that into like that's exactly what my recommendation would be. It's like okay, what do you want to do, and what can you learn from from the situation that you're in, for, and, and you did exactly that, which I, which I think is is so important. So selfishness when it comes to to being a a podcast host, I think in a way you do have to be selfish because of what your audience is looking for. So I I run a podcast for chief HR um, leaders for for leaders in the HR space, and so like I want to make sure that anybody that's listening to my podcast is getting tactics that would help you if you're in the HR space. So if we do go down a, a rabbit hole into something else, it is my job as the as the podcast host to pull us back to, okay, what would my audience care about? I've made this promise that we're going to talk about topics related to HR, whether that's why you got into HR, where you see HR going, what are some of the trends and top, like that's why people are coming to listen to this. So yeah, we will go down to certain rabbit holes and what excites them, but you also kind of got to manage that with like, this is what I'm promising my audience when they listen to this show. And so I think that is a, it's a, it's a barrier to kind of stay in between, not go one way or the other and be too kind of Harris focused. And this is what Harris cares about and not to hate him going down that rabbit hole, but being kind of able to do both, I think is a really important aspect. But I, I am really curious in your perspective on that, Tristan, how you think about that. I think really every interview that I start with has has some of that built in because like if, if I'm not curious and I don't want to learn something or, or or get something from from someone in an interview process, I feel like the audience isn't going to benefit either. So I I think of myself first, and then I'm like, all right, would the 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 secondary question that I ask is would this be beneficial to the audience that that I'm serving with the show? And in some of the exercises we do with clients, uh, you know, it comes around that as well. It's like how how do we craft an episode? Well, who's who's hosting? Who's guiding the interview? Who's the you know the the guest that you're bringing on? So what what are you curious about as a host? Like what strikes you right away about this person's background or experience? Start there and then and then see what how you can relate it to the show's broader theme. And and that's really kind of the approach I take. I think that's really smart. And I do love like the podcast where they do start off on on odd notes and you can tell the podcaster like did their podcast host did their uh homework coming out. I mean, just like you did. It's like, hey, you had this post around curiosity. Let's go into there. I have a, a podcast that I love where the individual always asks, like, are you more like mom or more like dad? And like, tell me why. Yeah. So it's like questions like that that I think are are really interesting. I got good advice when I was starting. It's like, end your podcast with the with the, with the same questions. So you kind of get some feedback and data. And it's like, what what's leadership? How's leadership now different than 10 to 15 years ago? And I've gotten some like really awesome and interesting concepts and ideas around that. It's like, okay, that gives me a good sense of like, what are some of the themes and trends that I found really interesting kind of throughout my podcasting process and, and it keeps you interested and engaged as like a podcast host. It's like, okay, I know that uh, there's some type of trends and themes that I'm going to get from all these different conversations that I'm having. That's kind of the selfish aspect, if you will. And Harris, since you've been on both sides of, of the mic, you know, you, you host a show and you're quite literally a guest right now. <laughs> what, what do you think, in your opinion, since we're talking about questions, like what makes a great question? 
I have a friend named uh, Joe Ferraro on, I've met him via Twitter and he's just unbelievable with, with this, with powerful questions. And so I've learned a ton from him in, in this space. So shout out to Joe for being awesome. Uh, his podcast called Damn Good Conversations, all around asking good good questions. He, he's been on the show before. I love Joe. Amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Amazing. I did not <laughs> yeah. realize that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Always there. Joe's a gem. I think open-ended usually starts with what or how and gets the person excited. Those would be the three things that I think end up making a good high velocity is what he calls them, high velocity questions, which I, I, I love that term as well. Um, yeah. That was also something that coaching and going through and being a coach taught me was I asked bad questions before. Are you interested in this? Yes or no? That's a bad question. Most people are going to say yes because they want to be nice. What interests you about this? Much better version to actually get some interesting and good information from. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I had, I had to ask that question, and it's interesting. Joe comes up. I mean, I, I brought Joe on the show specifically to talk about high velocity questions. You know, it's a term that he's coined, and and um, you know, I reference it all the time because I feel like that that it's such a good approach. And and just so you know, like my definition has kind of evolved a little bit. And a, a good question to me is one that makes someone think mm. a little bit or pause before they answer, because they don't. You know, they have to kind of put some pieces together and they, it kind of tells you that maybe they weren't asked that before. And so you'll get something new from them. So that's just, that's my take on I it. I love but. that. I love that take. You, uh, you did that with the last question. Yeah. So you had to think a little I had bit. had to think a little bit. <laughs> so. It's like, I do this all the time, but let's actually take a step back and be intentional about what makes a good question. Very nice. Well, I'll send this little bit to, to Joe. So he has it. I, mean, I think he'll appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, he's a baseball guy as well. I know. Yeah, so. absolutely. We've connected through that. And I learn from Joe every every day on Twitter and whenever we get the chance to to connect. He's an awesome guy. And shout out yeah. to Joe for constantly providing great content out there. Yeah, and speaking of Joe, I mean that that's really the the last like mindset shift I wanted to to talk through. You you mentioned why it's so important to reach out to people that you want to learn from, and and why that that you know, is crucial to really satisfying some of your, your curiosity. I mean, why do you think it's important? It gets to that point again, of which is ironic, but of being selfish. It's like, okay, I want to learn from Tristan how to put together the best pod, or I want to learn how to put together the best podcast. Who are the people that I need to reach out to? Oh, I want to reach out to Tristan. I want to get to know Joe. I want to know what makes the onboarding process the best possible way it can be. I'm going to reach out to both people who are onboarding specialists at bigger organizations and also like, what are they doing at, at these companies where they've won awards for onboarding? And so it's it comes back to that point around like being selfish in a way. It's like, I want to learn X. And so I'm not going to go into that conversation, just drill them with a million questions, but like, I'm going to build that relationships. I'm going to genuinely reach out. I'm going to build connection outside of what I am, what the ultimate goal, quote goal is for that conversation. But I think being intentional about who you reach out to and what you reach out about is a really good way to just continue to build that curiosity muscle. And I would add, it's like, it is a muscle. It's not like you're just born curious or born not curious. Mm -hmm. It's like you practice it. You practice being curious in more conversations. Like you're going to get better at it. People are going to enjoy their conversations with you more because you're bringing that genuine curiosity to the conversation. So that's a, that's a big one that, that I would say. 
Uh, but I'm curious in your perspective as well, Tristan. I, I believe it's important to reach out to people you want to learn from because if you don't, you're always kind of, it's that proactive versus reactive approach, I think. It's like, hey, I saw something on Twitter or LinkedIn. I mean, we'll take Joe Ferraro and yourself as two examples right off the bat. Joe, I've met him through Twitter, you know, just sharing stuff back and forth. And it's like with 1% better, I, I really liked a, a lot of his perspectives on just guiding a conversation as a podcast host. And I was like, damn, I, I need to bring him on and explore some of this a little further selfishly for, for me yeah. and, and how I can apply some of these things. And, and I reference it, that episode and, and some of the conversations we have all the time. But I think if if you don't take that approach, you don't reach out. I mean, when in the world is Joe or, or yourself going to come on the show and when do I have an opportunity to, to learn? It's a really good point. And you, you brought it up earlier about like, hey, I found Harris because I saw his LinkedIn post. So I was also, I lived lurking on Twitter and LinkedIn for a very long time. I just kind of started at the beginning of 2022 and was like, I'm going to post every day or five times a week because like you never like, and it's hard. Like in the beginning, you're like posting, you're like, does anybody actually care about what I'm saying? But like, what is they do? And like, it just takes a little bit of time to build momentum. It's like, that's how you get connected to awesome people like yourself. And like Joe, it's like, I've met so many amazing people by just like kind of putting myself out there, sharing my story, sharing my view on the world out there on Twitter and LinkedIn. It's been amazing what it's done for my career. So like another shout out to to do that. If you're struggling to to do that, like just start and just begin and like you'll find your group. You'll find people who like what you're sharing. And I think it can be hard, but like you end up having awesome conversations and meeting people like yourself. And like there's really good benefits to just continuing to put yourself out there and to, and to post and to, and to share what's going on in your universe, in your world, because you're an expert in that. It's like you might, hey, I don't know if I have something to share. Yeah, you do. You've lived your life as Tristan for X amount of years. And in that comes a ton of wisdom and expertise. Let's share that with the world. Like that, that's been a really cool aspect for me as I started to put myself out there a little bit more on social media when I really did not before uh, 2022. With, with the momentum you have with the, the Greater Self podcast, maybe outline what what's next for you because you, we talked about before when we got on the recording, you're starting something new. But you're also keeping your your podcast rolling and you're keeping that momentum going. So tell us what you're up to and then why the, the podcast was an important piece to, to kind of bridge that transition. Thanks so much, Tristan. I appreciate you asking. So I, I started a company called Active Activate Onboarding. And our goal is really to handle the process from the moment somebody accepts their offer through their first week to one, ensure that they show up to the organization, but also show up engaged and ready to be productive on day one. And so that comes with a number of different processes that we've automated in the solution that come with a welcome video from the founder, uh, hearing from new teammates, sharing what you're motivated by, ensuring that IT and tech is set up and ready to go. Uh, so really, really excited about it. We, we got uh, some companies on the platform having success with that already, which is which is really exciting. And it's really designed for that, that growing company that doesn't necessarily have the HR team or individual to support with that pre-boarding and onboarding should look like. Uh, so really excited about it called uh, activateonboarding.com is how you can find it or find me on, on Twitter and LinkedIn. And as far as the Greater Self podcast, like this is a passion project for me. I love learning from HR leaders. I'm a people person. It's, it's something that I'm passionate about is helping people enjoy work more. 
And I think HR helps us do that. So if I can learn nuance and awesome ideas from HR leaders, like I'm going to do it. And the podcast allows me to explore my curiosity with HR leaders. Maybe individuals that might not take 30 minutes or an hour to speak with me. It's like, hey, I have a podcast and I'd love to have you on. And, and being able to share that with my audience has been amazing in the sense of like people have texted me and been like, hey, I loved your episode with Dennis or loved your episode with Monique. It's like that type of stuff really energizes me. And so it's something I'm really excited to keep continuing to do and learning from HR leaders. So I believe are, are really important aspects to any type of organization. Love it, Harrison. With this next chapter of the show, you know, with your new role and so forth, like what is something that you're you're working on? It might just be one thing that you're tweaking or adjusting with the show, or how do you feel as a podcast? So it's like, what's something you're changing? My biggest area of focus that I need to get better at and this is sort of a life thing, but it really shows its head in podcasts. I don't love interrupting people. And like, if they're going down and just continuing to go and go and go, it's like, I don't really feel comfortable. Like, hey, I know that's important, but like, let's go here. But I think there are times when that does happen. And so I need to get better at, I call it assertiveness is like the emotional intelligence uh, term for it. I've done a lot of work in emotional intelligence. That's my area of focus that I need to get better at is being more assertive, but it shows its head in, in being a podcast host. It's like, where are times when we might be going on for longer and we need to make sure that I'm kind of stopping, making sure that we're staying focused on what the audience is looking for. So that's my biggest growth area. I'm sure I got a lot of different growth areas, but that's the biggest one that comes up for me. Yeah. It's, it's hard to do, to do that, that, that interrupt piece. Are you familiar with Andrew Warner at all? He's yeah. host of Mixergy podcast. He's He's been on this show and Joe Ferraro actually interviewed uh, Andrew Warner as well. He put out a book all about, it, it, it was titled Stop Asking Questions. And it's all about like his style of interviewing, which plays exactly into what you're talking about, where you'll listen to a lot of his interviews. He, he will interrupt, he'll dive deep and, and, it, it just gets like exactly what the audience is looking for, at least, you know, for me in a lot of cases versus letting someone go off on a tangent and then you're kind of losing everything. I, I He's really made a, an art out of it. Right. So I would encourage you to check that yeah, out. I'll have yeah, to, I'll have to check him out. What's what's your uh, growth edge when it comes to podcasts? Uh, you know what? I, what I've been trying to work on for a long time is just starting out the interview. It's always hard for me to to build that. I've tried all kinds of different things and you know it's still something I always work with. Like even producing documentary films and, and trying to build that relationship with like maybe a CEO that's or or an executive that started a nonprofit. It's like how do you just jump in cold and, and start asking some questions? Like how do you build that rapport in a short amount of time? And and that's just something I'm always I'm always trying different things there. And that that's why I had uh Joe um, on my show because I like that high velocity question to to start an interview and um, that's something that that's helped me out quite a bit. I'm just always trying to some some new things. That's there. smart. And I mean, you did a great job with with it with me today. I mean, my curiosity post isn't my most recent post. It's not also my most uh, seen post, if you will. But like, yeah. I could tell you did your research. You cared about me in this conversation. Like that in itself, I think separates you from. 95, I mean, unfortunately, 95% of people who are reaching out. Uh, yeah. So I, I think you did a great job with that. And I think that's a really important 
aspect. So kudos to you yeah. working on that. I, I appreciate it. Yeah. And I, I think some of those, those elements come through in, in a conversation and, you know, I, I just encourage people to re- research is a big thing. I don't think you can ever do, uh, like enough research, like with Andrew Warner, when I had him on the show, I mean, I didn't do all this research just for his interview, but I had listened to his show for a year. I mean, he's been around for over 10 years. He's had 2,500 interviews or some something crazy. So I wrote in a post once, I was like, I, you know, I probably prepared for over 100 hours for, for his episode. It wasn't literally the week before, but I mean, I had done so much research before he came on. And, and I feel like that that just helped the, the conversation roll. And and that's that's one aspect of, of bringing on a guest when you have all that background. But then the other challenge is when you don't know so much about a person, like how, how do you get to know them in a short period of time? It's it's a balancing act, I, I think, all the time. It so. is. And I think like people are starting to share more on social media, but especially if you find somebody who might not have anything out there. Like my whole story is is on LinkedIn. I, I shared it. I was vulnerable about it with the goal of like, hopefully somebody else realizes if, if they fail pretty big at something. They're not alone. That was kind of the goal with it. But like I have people all the time, it's like, your story really made me feel good. So like, make sure you're doing your homework on people that you're uh, engaging with. I think it's such an important lesson, whether podcasting or just having a conversation in general. Well, Harris, thanks. Thanks for sharing everything today. And and uh, it's a good spot to end. But before we do, I, I got a question for you. I know you were drafted by the Nats in, in 2010. And uh, I, I had to get your take on the Juan Soto situation. My son was heartbroken when they let him go. I mean, how, how do you feel about the Nats right now? Uh, that was I, I loved watching Juan Soto. There's like nobody more fun to watch have an at bat than Juan Soto when he would like do the Soto shuffle and stare yeah. back at pitch. Like I think that was like the most fun I've ever had watching baseball. And he's just like such a happy guy. Like he just loves life. So I was, I was bummed that they let him go. I think it was probably a smart organizational decision with all the talent that they got back. But between yeah. losing him and my favorite pitcher ever to watch is Scherzer with just like that insane bulldog mentality. Losing both of them is, is tough as a, I am a Nats fan, but I got confidence in like how they build. I feel like they, they know what they're doing. They seem to draft pretty well. Uh, they develop guys well. I, th- I think they'll be back up there in a couple of years, but it's I'm hopeful. Actually, I mean, this is this is my overly optimistic take. I am hopeful that when Soto becomes a free agent, they'll make a big uh, big play for yeah. him and give him that 500 million, maybe 600 million dollars that he's asked <laughs> that's right. for. So I think that's what it'll be by the time uh, that the what is it 2024 or 25 hits? I think yeah, so. I think yeah. It'll probably creep up to that level. Well, good. Well, I'll share this this optimism with my son. I'll let him know the Nats are in, in good hands. Uh, he's he's also uh, you know I raised him to be a Commanders fan as well. So he's just a frustrated DC fan. Me, me too. Me too. I uh, big time Commanders fan. I grew up going to all their games and, and still love them now. It's like I, I can't I can't get rid of it. It's like it was we would have like big family tailgates. It's like kind of in my blood, and yeah. uh, it's just it's just who we are. I mean. I'm o- I'm always optimistic. I mean, like, you yeah, know, that's how I just like to go about things. Especially after week one, we got we got the win. So, and, and my son actually started a podcast. It's called In Command. No way. And, uh, he, yeah, he's doing previews and uh, recaps of of each game. He just uh, he just released his first two episodes. I love that. Congratulations week, so. to your son. That's amazing. <laughs> I'll have to. Yeah, it's his, it's his second podcast. He started one during COVID, so he's he's 13 now, and and it's a good way for him 
what's a good way for father and son to to work together and then it's also just good for him to like you know synthesize information and present on camera and you know he's just having some fun with I it, love so. that that's amazing I'll uh I'll have to ask for tactics for you when when the time comes for my <laughs> son to launch his uh commander's podcast I'll tell you what I couldn't be more excited to watch games uh with my adventure cell on that no matter how oh yeah it'll, it'll be great especially when they're little they don't move a lot so you'll just be there to you know watch the games and it'll be a lot of fun i'm excited that's amazing that's 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 great for your son congratulations that's that's awesome well thanks well well harris to, to close things up uh where can people go to to find out more about you and, and your new organization and even your podcast thanks so much tristan appreciate you having me on this was a blast so i'm i'm super active on linkedin uh, at Harris Fanneroff, super active on Twitter, uh, at Harris Fanneroff. My company is activateonboarding.com. Uh, so I'd love to, if you can check it out there. And and I'm I'm just grateful for you having me on, Tristan. I'm grateful to make the connection and, and anything that I can do to be helpful for you and or your listeners here. I never hesitate to reach out. All right. Awesome. Well, Harris, thanks for joining me on Recorded Content. Thanks so much, Tristan. Thanks for listening to Recorded Content, a show brought to you by Motion, a done-for-you podcasting agency for B2B tech marketers. We do the podcast stuff so you can focus on strategy, building brand awareness, and developing new relationships. To learn more about how you can launch and grow a podcast for your company, check out motionagency.io. Thanks for listening to Recorded Content.